0: marcy unplugged i'm your host of the most as always adela marcy and today we have the one and only dina berman uh on the show now dina is joining us she's a fellow brit as well which is pretty badass because we get to like give you guys an insight of how we run pr my american friends we're a little bit more subtle and witty and it lasts for a while it's probably the case i'm just making that shit up because i think it's fun and it is probably true Um, So just before we begin, this show is sponsored by dinaberman.com, that's B-E-H-R-M-A-N.com, so D-I-N-A-B-E-H-R-M-A-N.com, also sponsored by adalemarcy.com. You guys can go check out previous episodes, including Christina uh, Nicholson, who came out, who would have just been a week before this episode as well. That was a lot of fun. We talked about financing, profiting, and all the other fun stuff as well that she does including a little bit of how basketball relates to uh personality types of success which is always interesting nice. so that being said dina welcome to the show
1: thank you thank you so much for having me
0: oh it's brilliant um thank you for reaching out because i was always like that's something i found i love about my show now is i get people reaching out to me and be like hey can we be on your show and my answer's like hells yes you're fun let's do this <laughs> um, yeah
1: well it's like i'm telling my clients obviously constantly you know you need to be putting yourself forward and getting in touch with people and i was like. I need to do more of
0: this myself. Yeah, I think that's kind of the big thing. It's the old saying that like uh, the cobblers, uh, was it the shoe cobbler's kids have the worst shoes in the playground.
1: Yes. Because it's like,
0: you're so good at doing it for others that when you look at yourself, you're like, damn. It's kind of like whenever I look at my own copy and I go, oh God, this is terrible. Why did I write this? (laughs) It's like, if I saw this as one of my client's things, I'd get like a very sweary, hate-filled email back from me going, why would you do this?
1: (laughs) yeah I think I think that's true like whatever industry you're in it's like when you know that you can do stuff for other people and whether you're a service provider or a coach you that becomes your focus doesn't it and you literally like forget to do it for yourself or you put yourself to the bottom of the pile
0: yeah and you just kind of like run through it because you I don't know about you but like with other people I've talked to including myself we kind of have this weird not imposter syndrome because if someone says that we don't belong somewhere our response is fuck you I'm better than you at this go sit in a corner with a dunce hat i'm sorry that's more my thing i actually have a dunce hat for my clients when they come visit me if they annoy me i make them sit in a corner with a dunce hat on what and go it? through my day it's it's <laughs> really it's such a barbaric thing but i actually make my clients do that they some of my clients have no idea because the dunce hat is usually in my satchel i <laughs> wait until they say something stupid and go oh close your eyes they got something for you and then just put it on the head and go go stand in the corner now <laughs> <I can't laughs> find a time out but Sometimes we want to put that on ourselves. So one of the things I definitely really want to jump right into as well, considering your actual history as both a journalist, you've done freelance copywriting in its own sense. With the copywriting, was it more kind of in the sense that I do it, which is direct response and story-based, or is it more kind of brand and PR-based that you did that?
1: Um, When I – I mean, it was quite a long time ago that I did that. And to be honest, I was doing a lot of – I used to do, like, copywriting for British gas and places like that. So it was kind of fun – exciting stuff that you're doing it was kind of well I'm a journalist I know how to write words so I'm going to make some money um so that was kind of what I was doing when I first set up my business and it was like this side hustle of really wanting to diversify because being a freelance journalist it was difficult to kind of you know, as any freelancer, you have that feast and famine kind of thing. So it, it all started from this desire to diversify and have like some different kind of income streams and things like that. And then I realized that I love PR and I love teaching people how to do PR.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that's actually very powerful in its own right. And it's something I've realized is a missing trick. It's a missed trick for a lot of like digital entrepreneurs, they don't actually look at PR at all. And that seems to be the reason that a lot of them really don't um, kind of succeed. Myself, personally, I'm terrible at getting press for myself. Like, I love doing my podcast. I love going on other podcasts, but I'm not proactive in it because um, usually I have, like, a very, very solid workload of things going on at the same time. So it's like, ah, finding time. So my question for you, realistically, is for people who are actually looking to go out, there, not just coaches, consultants, and so on, because I know this works in a varied. Industry, but let's just say a personality-based brand, like a, a personal brand entrepreneur, like that result entrepreneur, what they do. How would they? What would you say would be the first three steps they could do to actually start getting their name out there in newspapers?
1: Um. So I think the first thing is like you say, like recognizing that PR can work for you. Like I've worked with people from all types of industries, and it really can work for you. And so it's having that mindset shift and realizing that you can get media coverage as an expert in your niche if you um put yourself forward as an expert so kind of having that mindset shift is like the the very first thing that you need to do and realize that it can work for you and actually that a lot of you know if you're someone and you're not using pr a lot of your peers probably are Um, so you're going to lose out to people that are using pr and doing it well and and getting themselves out there but also that um you're leaving money on the table if you're not using it. So that's the first thing is like having the mindset shift. And then, yeah. Before
0: we, before we jump into that, I'm curious about this because you're going to have me jumping in a lot of this. Cause this is one okay. of, th- th- <laughs> just, just a quick heads up. This is a very thinly disguised consultation session. You guys just get to listen in on um, Dina has no idea. She's been completely hoodwinked, but <laughs> <laughs> all joking aside, I'm actually curious about this. Cause like I'm a copywriter and I know for a fact there are, I, there are no copyrights on British TV. Let's be honest, when was the last time you had a copyright? like, hi, I'm actually a professional copywriter and blah, 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 and this is what I do. Um, I want to be that guy. Like, in, over the next couple of months, I want to be the guy that goes on, like, say I go on, it's a reach, but let's say I go on this morning, and they're like, oh, what do you do? Well, I write words that make people buy stuff. Okay, why? And this is the psychology behind it that you've got to be aware of. It's consumer accuracy shit. Um how would I begin like that? What would be uh, like? Yeah, fair enough. There's an expert focus. I have the results and whatever. But my my real question is, what is the in? Because yes. I feel that's like the thing that like stops a lot of people, including me. We don't know how to get into the front door, or yes. even where the front door is. We don't even know yeah. where to find the front door.
1: Yeah, and I get that because I think people see PR as being this sort of uh, mystical thing almost, and definitely because I worked as a journalist for ten years. I sort of was a freelance journalist for part of the time, but I also worked in-house at different publications, Um, I worked as a commissioning editor, stuff like that, so I kind of know how it works on the inside. But actually, it's all about having the right story um, and knowing which publications to target. That would be the first thing. So who's your ideal client? Who do you want to get in front of? So as a copywriter, if you're working with business owners, You know, yes, you can think about TV stuff, but also think about places like Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, those kinds of places that your idle clients are reading. That's the first thing is who do you want to actually get in front of with your PR and where do those people hang out? What media are they consuming? What um, publications are they reading? Um, And that would be the first thing is to be really targeted in your approach. Um, and then you want to come up with a, um, a story. So you've got your kind of personal story, which I'm sure like you do probably a lot of that with your clients.
0: And I have my own as well with the whole thing of being someone that's doing, that's done this since they were 12 and, you know, they went pro and now they have like over $500 million in client sales they can find. So that's like a great story to run with that you can, yeah.
1: Yeah so like having your personal story and you can weave that into the pitches that you send out to the publications um and the thing that goes hand in hand with that is having a great idea for a feature And the way that it generally works is that you are going to pitch an idea to a publication. So a lot of people think that they need to sit there and write an entire article and fire it off to like a newspaper editor and that's how they're going to get featured. And it actually doesn't work like that. You need to be pitching your ideas. And when you do that, it's about making it really timely and relevant. So you need to give the journalist the reason to run your feature that you're suggesting right now so if you can do something and tie it into an awareness day for an example um you know and obviously it really depends what your business is but if it's national whatever day and that you know ties in with your business um and sometimes there's you know ways that you can make it work you don't want it to be too tenuous so it really does depend what industry you're in but there's so many uh awareness days awareness weeks seasonal events so you've got to think about for example it's the summer holidays coming up so are you someone that can write about um you know how to what to focus on in your marketing over the summer months when it's quieter or something like that
0: like how to maximize the summer when you how to basically change your business from seasonal to all year round that Uh, would be a thing So essentially what you're saying is that you can target events, like tentpole events as well, like say like with a big movie release coming out as a summer blockbuster, if your business can actually relate to like, for instance, we just had the Avengers, which Mm -hmm. wrapped up the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. I'm sure some like, and again, by the time the show comes out, it was a couple of months ago, but like, even so, like the big thing that happened that you could have had someone that basically wrote an article around the same time saying... How uh, Endgame basically fully closed off the most perfect story, and how to use it in your business, Um, and like how to scale every single time. Because like if you (laughs) look at it, the first Marvel Iron Man movie, I think that pulled six hundred million on opening weekend, and if you compare that to um, the, sorry, I think it was six hundred million over its entire run at the cinema, not just opening weekend, but over entire run, um, versus the one point two billion opening weekend of end game yeah like that was one of the very few movies i've seen that like nearly every cinema nearly every viewing nearly every single thing was booked like i've never seen that before like yeah. i've always been able to get tickets for stuff and like yeah. this is the first time i couldn't get anything
1: so and if you look at the number of people that are talking about that on social media that gives you an idea as well you know that kind of water cooler moment idea of what is zeitgeisty right now what is on trend right now so if you're wondering like what's going to be of interest to journalists the number of articles about it as well there were tons of stuff in the news about like i think someone like attacked someone that gave away the ending at the cinema something like that so if you are wondering what can you offer that's going to be of interest to a journalist they want something that is on trend and zeitgeist and of the moment so look at what people are talking about on social media look at what is being published in the news if you pitch a feature idea it can be based on a news report it can be based on something that's been in the news that you've read about that either relates to your business or the overarching theme is something that you can kind of connect to your business there's lots of ways that you can do it but the biggest piece of advice is to make it really timely and and relevant so that you're literally giving them that reason to want to write or to run a feature right now
0: if okay. that makes
1: sense yeah, yeah that,
0: that definitely makes sense because that actually gives you more of an idea of exactly like say for instance if someone was pitching say a uh, health program they were a pt that came up with their own way of working out and they wanted to get in front of the right cameras because their philosophy seemed to like work out better for leg programs then what they can do is, okay, my ideal clients that I want to actually help out are hanging out they're not fitness people, they're basically people that specifically Oh, actually let's let's do this one. You're a PT that wants to help jujitsu um practitioners really like make sure they work on their strength. So you go to the jujitsu trade magazines and the websites say, Hey, um, Polaris, the big jujitsu event or the ADCC just happened. Um I had this thing to actually help people out there. They'll actually work out the way that the champion did it was this, this, and this. Yeah. And I'm going to break down how his workout program works that he got the way that he did it. So count like, and then you pitch that idea. So rather than actually just giving that person the feature, you're just going to be like, how about this as a concept, an idea of what I have. They yeah. say yes. And then of course I'd write it and submit it in. And of course they would publish it. So is that what you're kind of saying would be the best yeah. way to go
1: forward? Definitely. And I love the idea. And that, That like works really well. And the thing is that different publications will do it differently. So sometimes they're going to get you to write the article. And if it's like, say, a big blogging platform, you're going to write a guest blog post. And and so it's literally like you pitch it and then you write it. Sometimes if you are submitting guest articles, you're going to see on the website contributor guidelines and they are sometimes going to say, submit your fully written article. Some of them will do that. But on the whole, if we're talking about PR in general, you are pitching the idea just as you kind of um, did that example. Um, And then the other thing is that sometimes people are going to get back to you and say, yeah, we want you to write it. Or yes, we want to interview you. So the journalist is going to write it, but they're going to interview you. It might be on the phone. It might be on email. So there's different ways it's going to work. And so that's why you're pitching the idea first, because you've got to make it fit for that publication um and sometimes they want um like bullet points from you sometimes they want some expert quotes sometimes it's going to be like more of a full interview there's so many ways that you can get featured this is the beautiful thing about pr there's so many media outlets and so many formats um and it is just about having that great feature idea and then taking that forward
0: Okay. So my question here, therein lies, and I guess, again, this is the thing I love about my show is I can actually totally run down these little rabbit holes. There's no like featured questions. Like, yeah, let's just go with what's there. Um, So the question I actually have that kind of bounces off that is what if you are, say you want to get on a big podcast, one that has basically 100,000 people and it's your perfect ideal audience and all this other fun stuff how would you actually pitch that if you're a personal brand i mean like say for instance for me uh, the one i can use i know there is a lot of people that have the same issue is i'm considered by many inside the inner circles as being great at what i do but the outer circle the tertiary circle they they don't really know me the masses don't really know me uh in that way except for outside this podcast i mean the numbers are racking up which is brilliant but how do i how would i pitch that to someone? like hey get me on your show, would you send them an email with the benefits of why? Or would you send them something a little bit more different where it's like a pitch template that you already have set up in place that basically allows you to change out what it is that you do? Actually, that's my question more realistically. Do you have a pitch template that you actually send out to companies or no?
1: Um, I have templates that I use with clients, but for if it was like a really big podcast, I would do something... Special to make you stand out like maybe a video message or something like that to really stand out and what I would do is with any podcast is let them know what's in it for them in terms of the value that you can bring but also how much you can share it with your networks and if you have you know a very engaged following then you really want to play up you couldn't talk about your Following in terms of the combined numbers across all of your social media channels. And so you can have a community of, I don't know what yours is, but like, you know, so with my clients, I'll say, you know, uh, my community of 10,000 plus followers, 20,000, you know, because you're adding it all together and you let them know that, of course, you will share it with them. Um, and I mean, the other thing you can do is um, get a few uh interviews under your belt with some other smaller or mid-sized podcasts and then go for the bigger ones as well but i would do something to really like stand out to them and let them know why um you love their podcast and and like the value that you can bring to it and how much you would share it
0: that's incredible because that's like way more powerful in the way that you can actually do that specifically if you're a bigger person that's already got more of an established name, you can actually really leverage that quickly. Um, The key that I really want to ask about is relevancy that people have because there are some people that have like the same gimmick. I say gimmick, they have the same thing that they've done for so long and that's their craft and what they've done. How do they stay relevant in what's out there? Do they have to keep creating something new or could they actually repurpose what they've already done?
1: Do you mean like what? Repurposing in terms of...
0: Changing the angle, how they speak about the same thing.
1: Okay, yeah. So I think that the story part of it often is the thing that draws in the journalist. And so you're going to have probably um, a few different stories from like the different parts of your journey in terms of how your business came about, that kind of thing. And so I think um, using different elements of your story. So one of my clients, she, we were helping her to promote her book and she had like all these different strands to her story and they all related to her book because, um, the, I mean, the book is was about her and it was stories from other women as well. And so we got her a lot of different pieces of coverage in a few different publications. Um, she was in like a few different newspapers, a few different magazines. She did some online stuff. And she told a few different stories about different things that she'd been through, different experiences that she'd had. And we were able to then, you know, tweak it and tailor it for each publication. So she was telling um, different stories, but maybe like the same story to a couple and then the same story to a couple. But, you know, we would tweak it each time. Um, And that worked really well. And you can do that with whatever stories you have that you've identified that are part of your kind of business journey that's always going to be the biggest story um, that you share is really like how did you get to this point that you're at now in your business
0: that's massive especially with like everything that's going on how you can keep repurposing it because that is a big thing Um, and a lot of my listeners i do know they actually either have books or they're writing books right now so with what you're saying and everything you've actually given us today which is amazing as it is if you were to say i won't say no name say you were an expert in what you did you decide to write a book to go to the mass media in like either the same market or it's a fictional book or whatever it is you can literally use the exact same template saying look i'm going to share this with my audience i want to get on your show as well so we can actually bring this together and grow my presence and your presence and so on and so forth and keep going. And then would you also mention other shows that you've either previously done or you're booking onto? Like, hey, um, I'm actually scheduled to go on, say, the Joe Rogan Experience, the Tim Ferriss show. Can I get on your show as well? So that'd be great, blah, 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 blah. Um, Is that something you can do? Yeah, yeah. Should be doing rather.
1: Yeah, like it's always good. And the more um, media coverage you get, the more you can mention that. So one of my clients had a piece Um, in a national newspaper last week and so the new pitches that she's sending out mentions that she's had something in this magazine and now this big newspaper she's got something scheduled um, for a big radio show as well so she can put that all into her next pitches Um, and it's almost like that extra kind of social proof that extra credibility and the more you do it the more you build it up and people see that you're an expert because you've been featured in all these different places
0: that's incredible because again again it just builds up your credibility in what you do so something that's a little bit more on the fun side that i'm curious of what is the most devious i say devious in the funnest way thing that you've ever used your pr knowledge for like have you ever done it just to kind of like play a little hoax or have you like anything like that what would be the most devious thing you've done with your knowledge
1: Dang um oh gosh I don't know if I've done anything devious when I don't yeah I'm not sure sure about um the whole devious word I will have to think about that when I worked as a journalist I used to get to experience a lot of things that I wouldn't have done otherwise so I went out to like the Cannes Film Festival and um was able to like sneak into parties and things like that. Like sometimes I'd be on the guest list for them, or sometimes my friend and I would would kind of like sneak our way in. And um, we met George Clooney once That's and things amazing. like that. Um, did, you, did
0: you swoon when you met him? I'm just curious here,
1: of course. Um, so you I'll see
0: guess- that, but I've, I some people don't. I'm just like, why is he so good looking? I don't understand <laughs> it. Like, he is ridiculously good looking,
1: Yeah. Is, is, um. So the very quick George Clooney story. Yes. Uh, the time George Clooney bought me a drink. So it, he didn't he didn't exactly buy me a drink, but what happened was we were at, my friend and I were at the Venice Film Festival and this was years ago, this was when he was in, I think it was Burn After Reading with Brad Pitt and um, Tilda Swinton and they all showed up at this hotel bar we were at and all the people from the film and everything and kind of took over the place and it had been pretty empty before that. And so they were ordering drinks at the bar, we could not get served at the bar and so we ended up standing next to George and we were like could you um get the waiter's attention for us so that we can order a drink and he's like oh I'll order it for you so
0: he, that was he did buy you a drink
1: But so he yeah kind of bought me drink. um but later that night he was downing um limoncello shots and he jumped into the swimming pool in his suit so that's that's my, that's how close I got to George Clooney
0: in his quest. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. That's a brilliant thing. See, i actually, I will say this much. I would, I'm going to probably start asking that question more often because you're the first person I've ever actually asked that question if they've used their superpowers for anything devious.
1: <laughs> I know I
0: have. Like I, the amount of times I've snuck in insults, little fun jokes, haikus into my sales oh. copy has been insane. Yeah. Like I'll do it with, um, one of the fun ways I love doing it is every capitalized word is something i want you to actually read subconsciously if you catch it will be brilliant um i've used song lyrics before i've used it's just little fun challenges i get to like do for myself um
1: i I did that when i worked on a local paper we used to challenge each other sometimes to sneak words in so i'm gonna have to read some of your copy and look out for it now
0: It's not there as often, as obviously as it used to be. Like the ones that I think I did, one of my favorite ones was, uh, it wasn't for my company, I was ghostwriting for someone. I think it was in the, it was in the dating market. It was about 11 years, 10 years ago. Uh, And I think I snuck in um, your get over your ex in like the entire article and the entire article was titled get over your ex but inside it it was just so subconsciously written i must get over my ex
1: <laughs> so that might help someone like you know by osmosis.
0: oh yeah that i've done it for good and bad i think yeah. the worst one i've actually done it for was send Adil money <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I wrote that into my copy and i was like wait why do we want to give him money <laughs> it's like because you do <laughs> enjoy the ability of what i have um But I've got to admit, like, one of my favorite things about PR and one of my least favorite things about PR all comes down to, like, the time it takes to get on the right shows. Because, unfortunately, there is a level of ego amongst hosts about who they'll let on, who they won't let on. It's kind of like, it is a bit of a boys club. And I say boys club, I don't mean just because there's guys in there. It's also a girls club, meaning in the sense of there's that exclusivity, like, we know each other and we don't know you. You're a fucking stranger, piss off my question is how would you break into that specifically? like say there's a like a little click of people that you know will all circulate you go on the on the touring or for these podcasts how do you break into that do you use an intermediary or do you use uh your own personal email to them or something that you said earlier actually i'll ask that question in a moment just remind me about um doing something different because i have an yeah. idea and i want to ask if that would be something you do
1: so With any type of publicity, if you have any kind of in, if you know anyone, then definitely call on favours because it always helps if there's any kind of connection, if there's anyone that you know, um, you know, it's just going to get you further, easier, what's the word, quicker to the front of the queue. Um, Yes. (laughs) Like if there's someone that you know that knows someone that knows someone, then definitely go down that route if you can. If you don't, I think a good way to do it because, yes, when the podcasters are at a certain level and they're used to having guests on that have a certain following or whatever, um, I think that if you can start to build up some of that uh, kind of social proof credibility in terms of your as featured in logos and things like that, so you can also look at getting featured in you know the forbes the entrepreneur magazine um all of those sorts of things and then that's going to help as well because it's that third party endorsement when you get featured somewhere it's like well that publication thinks that you are worthy enough to be in that publication so um it's
0: valid it's kind of like when the cool kids tell you at school that you're cool as well it's <laughs> awesome so okay question for you on this one do you actually have an in at the uh Forbes then or no?
1: I've had a lot of clients featured in Forbes right guess who so I, I know
0: have... who I'm talking to next about that <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can talk about that later but um yeah so what one thing that I want to um say about that is that sometimes people think you know you, you it's all about knowing the right people and stuff like that and that helps but actually I have cold pitched to tons of people and if you tailor your pitches and give them something that is a great fit for them it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you're cold pitching them once you actually um get accepted and get published then you build up a relationship with them and so then you have the chance to go back to them and offer them something else and so then yeah you do have that relationship with them and that's really great but you can definitely cold pitch people as well like you just need to be pitching them something that is like the perfect fit for them
0: see that makes way more sense i like that and it's it's kind of like the idea that as well uh the reason i like that so much is because it gives me it loops perfectly back to what i was going to say um it helps you stand out and if you do the right type of cold pitch It it makes life a lot simpler. And do you mind if I actually, I know it's like I'm interviewing you, but do you mind if I actually give the audience like a little bit of an idea of how they can cold pitch someone? Yeah. Um, One of the best ways that we used to do this for cold pitching clients that couldn't attend a $2,000 workshop was we would actually run the $2,000 workshop, uh, record it, take the first most powerful hour that we can find on day one, like the best talk of whoever it is, turn that into a into a a DVD or a USB drive, write, I'd like DVD with it personally. I'd always, uh, just simply because I can sign something on the front of it, like I can put a post-it note, sign my name, tell them exactly why I wrote it, put it in a letter and send it off to them. They'd sign for it and be like, wait, what's this DVD and who's this for? I it's like, wait, why am I getting, and because today, in today's world, um, getting something physical is so rare, that it actually went ahead and went a lot further than it, than it should have. Um, not should have, but like, it, it got better response than it would have. So for me, for instance, one of the ways that I could do this, actually no, just for me, for anyone that's in a service-based business, uh, even yourself, say you wanted to get featured in a massive magazine or be featured on a huge podcast that would actually be there, would you recommend doing a little research on what the host wants and loves, creating, like buying that for them shipping it to their office with a pitch letter underneath going, hey, I wanted to get you this cake because I know you really love chocolate cake, whatever it is. Um, You say this place is the best, but I reckon this place is the best and you know it's just a really cool thing. Uh, P.S. I'd really love to actually speak to you sometime because I know I've got this great story um, that would be perfectly featured for your audience, whatever it is. If you're interested, um, great. I'd love to talk to you. If not, either way, enjoy the cake because it's absolutely amazing. uh, PPS, uh, tell me which one's better, because I'm curious. You know, because you've made it more about the cake than you have the pitch, but it's kind of like a sandwich. So would you say that something like that would be quite powerful to use?
1: Yeah, I think that could work really well with a podcast host, definitely. Uh, Don't do
0: that with like news outlets, they'll think you're buying them.
1: I just think for like newspapers and magazines, like you can get, featured in a very straightforward way and so with the podcast they are different because it's not run by a publishing agency it's literally like you know it's the personality behind it and so it's about that person you know getting so many pitches and having to like read through all these emails and stuff like that and so I've read interviews with podcasters or podcast hosts where they've said you know if you can do something like a video or something like that that stands out then you will get pushed to the front of the queue kind of thing um but so yeah so I love that idea and I think that that would be really good and it it shows that you've taken the time to find out something about them like if it's something specific that they've mentioned or something like that I think that would be really cool Um, and then for like newspapers and magazines it really is about pitching the right feature and making it newsy and making it timely and giving them that reason to want to run it. And the thing to bear in mind is that all of these publications have pages to fill. And so sometimes we feel like, you know, we have to get the journalist to do us a favor and we have to be the one that's kind of bugging them and whatever. And actually, um, you know, they're doing
0: them the favor
1: doing them a favor and obviously if you just get in touch with them and try and sell yourself then they're gonna say well why don't you just pay for advertising this is the thing people don't think about you know these these publications run on advertising so you've got to do it in a way that you're giving them value so that they see the value of running your stuff on the other hand they are constantly looking for content especially uh you know online news sites and online publications where they are updating them literally throughout the day needing fresh content so don't feel like um you're having to sort of you know like they're doing you the massive favor like it is a two-way thing you can provide them with incredible value you can be a really great help to them you can make sure that you meet you know because sometimes you're do something and then they'll come back to you. They have more questions and that kind of thing. You can be like the perfect guest expert. You can do everything within the deadline. You can give them like all the information they need. They're probably going to need a photo of you as well. So like have your photos ready to go. Um, Just be as helpful as you can to them and you will get asked back again.
0: So question on that. So if you're creating a media kit, for instance, to actually get everything ready for them, what specifically would you be looking for? Because I know a photo is important, but would it be more towards a professional type photo or would it be a photo that's kind of like the one that you use for the rest of your branding? So if your branding is quite dressed down, do you go with that? Or do you use a very professional photo where you're like in a suit or a blouse, whatever it is, the way that um, that you'd want to be portrayed as a business person?
1: um just having like your professional photos and so if you are dressed down I think it's absolutely fine as long as you've got especially if it's going online they'll need it to be like you know a high res image and however many pixels or whatever so as long as you've got some nice high res images that are ready to go that's the main thing um there's been certain publications where they've said, you know, we just want landscape pictures because it's going online, not, you know, not portrait. So have a few different pictures to choose from in case they have preferences like that. Um, The other thing that I've had publications say is that they want like an action shot as well as a sort of head and shoulders. So you always need to have, like most places will just want a kind of head and shoulders shot. But if you... Do you have anything where you're um, doing your work or doing a speaking gig or something like that? That's good to have as an extra thing. And then, yeah, like a couple of landscape portrait and just, yeah, good high res. But in terms of like what you're wearing, just wear what you would wear for your normal brand. And that's, you know, who you are and how you're going to come across.
0: Exactly. And. One of the other things I wanted to ask about that, what else would you actually want to include in your media kit, like biography, uh, bullet points? What would it be that you need to actually really make sure that you have together?
1: The main thing to have is um, an author bio that's kind of ready to go. And the the thing is about a media kit that um, for traditional media – Uh, it's not even something that you would have to send, but it's about if you have it and you have that information readily available, then say you do write a guest blog post, you have a photo ready to go so they can set up your bio. You have an author bio ready to go so they can you know, put that in. Um, So yeah, having your photos, having an author bio, and then you would um, maybe have a slightly longer bio if there's somewhere um, where that's, Going to be relevant for, um, and you could have a list of topics that are your kind of expert topics. Yep. Cool. And they're, they're, that's really the main things that you would need.
0: Excellent. So it's basically having this kind of stuff all set up. Yeah, see, I'm always curious about this because it's actually really rare that we have someone that's actually worked in um, publication media. usually have people that have actually done digital media and it's like oh that's slightly a different ball game but publications as well are quite good um so something that i really wanted to ask as we actually head to this part of the show was when you've actually like worked with clients and the and you've just pitched them to like three or four different publications i don't know if you've ever had this but you've had like a few of them being turned down what is it that you would do to actually turn that around to actually make sure the message is aligned because for instance say they're teaching one thing or they're really known for one thing they go to a publication media and they're like hey how is this person different to the other 10 people that we've had and you're like well the story's amazing and they're like yeah the story is good but how do you actually like reposition that would you re- re- repitch them would you rework the pitch that you have going anyway to different publications Or would you just say consistent and be like, that's just one or two or three out of 10?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. Because I think the thing that um, kind of puts most people off or slows most people down when it comes to PR is that maybe they've tried it before and they haven't had luck with it. Like they've sent out a pitch and got no reply. um, And then you start thinking, it must be that there's something wrong with my pitch or there's something wrong with me. And you convince yourself that it's no good and that I see that happen a lot and um one of the things that I always get my clients to do if they send out a pitch is to make sure that they're following up on it because um journalists are so busy and getting so many emails like things fall through the crap all the time and so I've seen Um, people where, you know, they've been on holiday or they've been out of the office or they read the email and they forgot to reply, you know, so just always follow up. And I've had clients that have landed massive national newspaper or magazine features because we actually followed up. Um, So that would be the first thing. Don't don't think, don't presume that if you're not getting a reply, it's bad news or that it means anything. Um, and then the second thing, so if you do get a reply and they say thanks but no thanks, um, you can ask them for a bit of guidance on what type of thing they're looking for. But also, I was talking about this earlier actually with some of my um, my course um, students, that if you create a, a pitch for a feature and you think that it's a really great idea and you make it really Timely and really relevant, you've got to be strong in your, um, what's the word, like the courage of your convictions. Like you've got mm-hmm. to stick with it and not give up. Like if you're not getting anywhere or you're getting a lot of no's, and then you definitely want to revisit it and think, is this as strong as it could be? And, it, you know, have I got the right angle and that kind of thing? But if you know that it's good, a lot of the time it is just about finding the right home for it. So maybe you've tried, like, if you've tried three places, um, you've got to try the fourth and the fifth as well. And sometimes it is about taking a step back and thinking, okay, it's not, maybe it's not going to work for this type of place, but there's these types of places I could try as well. And there are so many media outlets out there. Um, You've got, like, you know, here in the UK, like, tons of, newspapers and each of them have different sections of the newspaper and you've got the health section the lifestyle section and the business section um and then you've got like all the different magazines there's so many online publications now um there's so many um you know online magazines and online blogs where they're updating them constantly throughout the day and so they're you know they're they're looking for stories and so it might be about just trying somewhere a bit different
0: that's pretty cool because that actually gives you a little bit more of a of an understanding of exactly what you can do huh nice excellent sorry that, that was just a question that came to my mind i was like oh what would happen if things kind of go wrong i mean um, it
1: happens a lot that you will send something out and not get a reply and i think you have to be prepared for that and then yeah just keep going with it definitely follow up definitely Tweak it if you need to and then try different places. There's so many options um to get featured. That's the beauty of it. Like there's so much you can do PR-wise. That's excellent.
0: So that brings me to like one of my favorite questions to ask on the show. And for you, I'm gonna ask this question this way. So if you had to recommend five books for people to actually check out, and also recommend three movies people should watch and study if they want to study, what books and movies would they be?
1: Oh wow. Okay. Think and Grow Rich is okay. like one of my all time favorites. Um, what else? The Big Leap by Gay Hendrix. Yep. Um, you Are a Badass. Um, Jen Cicero, is that
0: her name? Yep, that's the one.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's amazing. Um, and. What other books? Oh, I like um, Denise Duffel thomas has the Lucky Bitch books. Um, I think she's amazing. and
0: the Lucky Bitch books.
1: Yeah, she has a book called... Um,
0: I think I remember that a while ago, seeing it. Yeah.
1: She has a new book out, Chillpreneur, um, and that's her whole philosophy is being a chilled-out millionaire entrepreneur and not going for all the hustle and grind. And I I love that. I I don't like the idea of having to hustle. Like, yeah, I'll work hard, but I'm not going to like feel like I'm having. myself. Yeah, yeah. And I think even the idea of doing PR can feel like this big, overwhelming thing that has to take up all your time. It doesn't have to. Like you can do it in a very strategic way so that you are being clever with it. And one of my clients did one article that brought her in 1500 new leads. Wow. and she made tons of sales from that like we were strategic with it and we were clever but we didn't like spend ages doing millions and millions of pictures to millions of places so um so yeah i'm very much a uh, a Chillip. hustle kind of person <laughs> no. um so yeah is that is four, that four five um what else what else um Oh God, I'm trying to think what else have I read. Oh, for a bit of woo, um, <laughs> there is a law of attraction book called "Ask and It Is Given." Um, by and-
0: uh, Esther Hicks or something.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I like a bit of woo because I think that there's, I don't know, there's, there's that kind of line between stuff that's like totally out there and and whatever, but also actually the idea of positivity breeds positivity and having a positive mindset and visualizing what you want to achieve and all that kind of stuff like that makes sense to me
0: yeah well it's in all honesty it's kind of like ingrained in us as humans because we've always done that like people just don't realize it so what are your three movies
1: three movies oh gosh um
0: just drop my pencil there while i can
1: (laughs) um oh Oh, what did I... Like, I haven't been to the cinema for a long time. I have um, I have a, <laughs> a baby and a, and a young kid, so I, I need to go to the cinema more. I like um, La La Land.
0: Brilliant movie. Um,
1: very good film. What else? I watched... <laughs> this is a random one. Um, the Think and Grow Rich Legacy movie, mm-hmm. which is basically a big advert for the Think and Grow Rich book. But it was interesting because I watched it with my husband and it was like, he's not into the whole online self-development world and it really he ordered the book off amazon that night after watching it because it had factual historical stuff in it that is real as in like you know he had interviewed napoleon hill had interviewed a hundred men Successful businessmen, you know, Henry Ford and Rockefeller, and all these people that are real life people. And these are the um, behaviors that they all had in common. These are the things that they all did to have success. And I love that because sometimes, you know, we're in the online world and we're in this kind of bubble. Sometimes I feel like it's a bit of a bubble where you're kind of reading all this stuff about what you need to do to get ahead. And I love the fact that these are like actual people that did. These things to have success. So yeah, that was that was a good kind of film from that point of view. Um, third film. I love Baz Lemon's Romeo and Juliet. Um
0: Thank you. That is one of my favourite pieces. <laughs> Fun fact, Paul Rudd is in that movie.
1: Yes.
0: He plays Paris. The amount yes. of people that don't know that, I'm like, go watch it. He hasn't <laughs> aged. He looks the exact same.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I, I like Baz Lemon, but yeah, also, yeah romantic kind of up in the dying
0: part but yeah i've noticed you have a kind of like thing for that because you're actually given like two very sad romantic movies right now like la la land it doesn't end well like it's a perfect movie because it's real but then it's like haha they didn't end up together fuck those guys
1: i love a song and a dance though
0: fun fact i actually bought a piano because i wanted to learn how to play uh the chords for la la land on the piano uh that uh, literally a month after it came out
1: oh i love and that. i actually
0: so i have my piano i've moved it upstairs to my office so it will actually like feature more in the podcast studio like once i've got this all set up and do more video shows people will be able to see behind me like there's adults piano It's was like yes it is there's adults artwork too um <laughs> love it. but that being said uh Thank you so much for being here, Dina. I've really enjoyed this. It's been like incredibly powerful. Um, just listening to you, hearing what you're actually saying. And of course, I hope this has been a great interview for you as well.
1: Yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. And guys, if you want to go check out more about PR, how to do it yourself, basically go through one of um, Dina's programs or just like, you know, hire as a consultant or a coach, head on over to, head on over to DinaBerman.com. That's D-I-N-A-B-E-H-R-M-A-N.com. It is it .com or is it .co.uk? Yeah, oh, it's .com. .com. Excellent. Head on over there. Links will be in the description. Um, and Dina, all I can say is thank you so much for being here as a great guest. And I'm sure we'll have you back on soon. Thank you. Take care, guys. See you on the next episode.